0: You're on Radley Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Uh, Remember, you can send me a text, 2057. Email me, inbox at radleycheck.radio. We all remember uh, how many of us were treated as second-class citizens by design, by our government, because we refused the jab. Some of us had to lose our jobs. Lockdowns cost us our businesses. Some of us couldn't work. And then we were spurned and shunned by family and friends who were spurred on by the government, the politicians of all parties and the media that painted us to be terribly misled people who were in danger of killing Nana. And then... The media got involved. And remember that documentary, Fire and Fury, where they painted us to be dangerous loons, deluded, misled, and violent. I've never watched Fire and Fury, but I watched a bit of it last night because our next guest featured in it. Our next guest was featured in it as a violent, misguided, deluded, I would say, bordering on terrorist. And so we're very fortunate to have this morning, Ali Evans. Good morning.
1: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
0: I imagine you would never in your wildest nightmares think that you could be portrayed in our national media As a violent attacking person,
1: no, no, I'm not. (laughs) Far from it.
0: Yeah. Well, and yet you were.
1: Mm, I was. Yeah.
0: And And you were. I I I watched it, and Paula Penfold, uh, and Kate Hanna, who was the expert, Paula Penfold, the journalist, and Kate Hanna, explained how you were violent attacking. And they had footage to prove your violence. Hmm. Oh, my goodness. Well, are you a grandmother by any chance? I am. <laughs> well, yeah. where, and where do you come from?
1: Um, Tauranga.
0: We're going to find out what it takes for a grandmother from Tauranga to become labelled violent, dangerous, Misinformed (laughs) and a terrible person.
1: Yeah,
0: Ali, how was it that you came to be at the protest at Parliament in March last year?
1: Well, I wanted to be part of the convoy, but it just didn't work out, and I didn't want to go on my own and was a bit chicken. But when I saw why,
0: why, why did you want to be in the convoy?
1: Um, because I already knew that something wasn't right. Um. You know, way back early, I thought things didn't add up. And so I'd already been to a couple of the protests down, you know, down in Wellington um, and was horrified to, that the government wasn't listening to us.
0: What? Uh, what? I, I'm sorry to press you on this because no, it's no. So, so interesting to me about how we came to the conclusions that we came to when everyone else came to completely opposite conclusions, like they're in a different movie. So when did an alarm go off? Were you scared of COVID in the beginning when it was said to be the scary, scary disease? Did you think, oh, wow, there's a disease? It could be like, I don't know, the Black Plague. Um, No,
1: when it first came out, I was really busy um, working. um, I was trained as an enrolled nurse and so I was looking after tetraplegic patients out of the community and so we just got a patient out of the spinal unit and I was flat out just trying to get that team up and running and really hadn't had a chance to notice what was going on and and I remember finally having a day off and going into the supermarket and I think I even had some gloves on and a mask on, and then, then I thought, hang on a minute. I've worked in isolation. This doesn't compute, you know. Cross contamination. As you walk around, you pick something up, you put it on the trolley. Um, you've just contaminated yourself. When you did a dressing, you had a sterile environment. You once you were sterile, you didn't touch any. You know, and as you started thinking, by the time I got to the checkout, I'd had finally had a day off, and I hang on a minute. So it was that was when I first, you know, um, so that was way back in March twenty twenty. Yes. Before that, I really hadn't engaged my brain. And I, I was just um busy busy and it was from there once you start doing some research and and then I've got a, a relation in the states and I'd seen stuff on TV and I'd contacted her and um, I said look you're near this hospital um she said nah it's not overrun it's it's crazy it's not this things and she was also waking up to what was going on as well. So from there, and then I just contact, you know, um, then I'd hear from other doctors, and doctors were being silenced, and I thought, hang on.
0: That was a telltale, um, that was a tell-tale sign, wasn't yeah,
1: it? Yeah, yeah. Why can't you question something? And, and then there was just one source of truth, and, and when so many people were getting silenced, I thought, nah, there's something wrong.
0: Just take me back to this, because they make a great joke of this, oh, you did your own research. (laughs) Oh, you're like a PhD in virology. Yes. epidemiology and statistics, are you? No, I rely on the experts that did that. Yeah, and Uh, what we discovered mm. is that there were Highly credible, highly qualified people. Oh,
1: so many They were
0: echoing oh. these exact concerns
1: yeah
0: and they themselves were being shut down.
1: Oh yes, yeah, I've been in Facebook jail so many times <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and well, and that's another <laughs> thing that I never understood this. I never because I'm not a social media person. And I thought, well, isn't it great? that we have the internet because we can go online and I do do this. Like I don't, I've never posted on Facebook. I tell a lie. I have once, I ran a little club for my school, for my kid's school. And I did some Facebooking for that, but I read on Facebook and I read on Twitter and I learned to do telegram through the pandemic. And of course, Google, I'd Google. It never occurred to me, this is my naivety, that that stuff was being throttled.
1: Mm,
0: yeah, that, that the Google algorithms were bent, that Facebook was bent, that Twitter was bent. Now this is not even when when, when people were telling me, "Oh look, you know they're, they're, they're doing this," and they're, I started to think, no, no, you know you are you should go and put your tin hat on and sit in the corner. This was true. Oh,
1: yes. Mm. Yeah, I know. I just couldn't believe it. Um, And I just kept pushing and, yeah.
0: (laughs) So so you decided that we were being fed a line. mm. You decided that um, something bigger was going on, I guess. And rather than just live your life quietly in Tauranga, that you would get involved and you went to some early meetings?
1: Mm, yes. Um, look, my belief is bad things happen when good people stand by and do nothing. Um, and and I just needed to do my bit. Um, the, and I was also, you know, if we could... I think they were talking about vaccines, you know, and I remember the second one, the second protest, and I think the government, um, they'd shut, um, Parliament had closed early because they didn't want to hear us. But the day, I think the day that happened, we were in Wellington, and even when in Wellington, I couldn't believe it. We weren't allowed to go to a shop. We weren't allowed to, we were treated like second class, it was just incredible but I remember being upset because the day we were there I'd heard that they were going to be able to vaccinate the children and I was so upset because before that I thought okay, my kids had already been jabbed but my grandchildren they were still going to be okay Mm. and then to find that no, they can go after them now that was just, you know, that took it, that made it more
0: real. And Tell me, were you, at that stage, pre-COVID, were you suspicious of vaccines?
1: No. Oh, my kids are all jabbed. My kids have been vaccinated. Yeah. They've all grown up and left home, you know, they've got their own kids now. But back then, no, I did as I was told. Yeah. <laughs> I never questioned um, I even remember years ago when my youngest, was. she was born with some medical issues, not well. It was a really hard time and I suppose through that, because there were, it took a long time to get diagnosed, so I can really identify with the vaccine injured now, the way they're being treated, because I got treated like that way back then and I remember this lady sending me this letter um, and and she was obviously vaccine hesitant, and I even just caught up on my own. I didn't even read it. I don't think. Well, I think I did read it, but I thought, oh yeah, that's too much. So even way back then, I dismissed it. I think yes. my my kids even got the the Gardasil one, and now yes. when I hear that one, I was horrified. That oh my gosh! So no, I was definitely so not
0: for you. The COVID experience was a big awakening.
1: Oh, yes, yes, in so many ways. Yes, I even was sort of a bit uh, sitting on the fence, not sitting on, even with my faith. Um, That's a whole other discussion, but obviously, but that made me wake up as well.
0: (laughs) So tell me, um, have you been on protests before?
1: No, never. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, just law-abiding, whatever. And But now I'm so triggered by the police. I just cannot believe that I need to let it go or I need to pray over whatever, but I still get triggered by seeing the police.
0: It's funny you say that. I was walking along, from the car park at the Coronet Peak ski field. I should h- hurry to say that I can't ski, but I take my kids up. And I was walking along, and there were three police officers coming towards me. And I personally have had no bad experience individually with a police officer, un- other than the usual rubbish that people have. And they were walking towards me, and they were kitted up. And I had the same – you know you have a reaction before you think about it? It's like an mm-hmm. instant reaction. You see a rat or, you know, something like that, and you react before you think, oh, it's a rat. Yeah. Sorry, that was a bad analogy because it's – No,
1: no, but I
0: totally – But you yeah. just get an immediate reaction. I got an immediate reaction
1: mm-hmm. from
0: seeing these three p- police officers. Yeah as if they had been three mongol mob members walking towards me.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I could not believe it, mm. that New Zealand police that are sworn to uphold the law and protect me, actually, as you say, gave me this shocking reaction as if they were an, out, a, 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 an outlaw gang, mm. gang of outlaws. Mm. And I thought, that's crazy. Oh, you know, I know because I thought it's through, you know, the policemen that come like, but then I looked at them and I thought, yeah, something's changed in you, policeman, yeah. mm. and woman, and there's something changed in me.
1: Yeah.
0: And we're yeah. in a different place.
1: Yeah. I've lost all trust and respect for them, actually now. And people say, Oh, but a lot didn't go down. But they stood by and did nothing.
0: And that's your saying. Bad happens when good people stand by and do nothing. Yeah. So you couldn't make the convoy because you were on your own, a Nana from Tauranga. I love this Nana (laughs) from Tauranga. So how did you get?
1: A very young Nana.
0: (laughs) Very young Nana, yeah. How did you get to the protest?
1: Well, when I saw the violence, I just had to go down.
0: This was the first uh, time the police tried to shift them.
1: Yeah, I was just horrified by that. So and you
0: were watching it online from feeds from Chantel Baker. Yeah, and
1: yeah, I was. It and became
0: it became compelling watching, didn't it? Oh, yes, yeah. It was just I'm fun. older. I, I'm older than you, and um, I remember them sort of, there were moments when you just had to watch, like, Man Landing on the Moon or, you know, I can't think of other things, Princess Die's Wedding, Princess Die's Funeral, those sorts of things mm. where you tune on to watch for a moment mm. and then can't pull away. Mm. And those feeds from that village and that protest came like that to me. It was oh, compelling.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah. So now I just had to go so I um, rounded up a friend to 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 go down. She could only go for a couple of days. Um, so we ended up going down for uh, three whatever days. I actually, this is going to sound crazy, I actually also had to come home because my brother was getting married. Um, but because I wasn't vaccinated, I um, wasn't allowed to be part of the wedding. So but it was way in Waiuku. so I drove three hours over there just to be part of the photos. So I hid round the back and then when they went off to the reception I had to go home ball in mice out because I couldn't be part of my brother's wedding. But when I got home again, I realised I just missed Wellington. I just it was such a oh. beautiful it, 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 there was something about it that, that people strangers were my friends we all bonded we all there was just a community atmosphere that i would never experienced before no, same. Same. and I absolutely loved it and wanted to go back again um, so I rounded up Val who you saw in the Fire and Fury and and I said, come on, let's go. Um, and and I wanted to be back. Sorry, I wanted to be down there when the mandates were going to be lifted because I just thought the mandates would be lifted on the 1st. That's That was the date that advertised the mandates had to be lifted. So I, I said, look, we can come home on the 2nd. Um, and so we went back and um, once again... Um, just joined in pitched in we pitched in with the kitchen um, we would go around each night praying over the place it was such a lovely atmosphere um and we met so many lovely people that um but it's really Help, horrib- just
0: just just hold that thought yeah um so you worked you worked at the village.
1: Oh, just there was one day we should have done more. I felt a bit guilty there. We we helped out in the kitchen one day, and even that was an amazing experience. Um,
0: and, there, and at night you went around. Are oh, you a Christian? I
1: am, yeah, okay. I am.
0: And um, so at night you'd go around praying. I concur with you. I was only there sadly for a day, and I came back to get my family. And like you, I had to go back. It was the only place I went to be outside of personal family things, it was, without a doubt, the greatest experience of my life.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Against all the isolation that occurred through COVID, to have that contact with people Mm. who agreed with you was so life-affirming, and they felt it too. Yes, yeah.
1: Especially, I think, because... We were we were being separated. We were being segregated, I must admit, I think I was also doing it a bit because when you then people heard that you were one of those, they treated you different. So you tended to withdraw from people yes. that that were possible angry. Like I think I even, but even that's still happening now. I think I mentioned, and probably I don't want to be off track, but it was only. A month ago, I think, I was still verbally abused because I was wearing a T-shirt saying that, uh, you know, um, I'm in the control group. It, it's still happening. But back, back then, so because we were being treated like that, we were isolated. Um, and so I was being isolated. And, and yeah, I withdrew a, a bit from people that, that I knew were following the narrative because she didn't want
0: to get abuse. And then um, you turn up to that village which is in yeah. this iconic place on Parliament buildings. And out and put him up. The, Yeah. <laughs> and, and you're out this amazing place being part of this moment opposing this yes. tyranny. It was a everything just comes together, right? And then <laughs> to see how everyone was pitching in and making it happen. Where did you sleep?
1: Um well the the um a couple of different places. Um, the, the first time we were just out, or actually both times, just outside the um, the grounds um, because it was um, full in sight. And so the first time was, yeah, just a, a little grassy bit um, but between the footpath and the road.
0: Did you put a tent up?
1: We did, yes, we did um, I should have sent you some photos actually, um, the second time um, we parked in the government area which is opposite the parliament there's a, I think yes. it's the law bit,
0: it's but university quite, law faculty now, yeah
1: Yes. so we had one night there but it was so noisy because it was right next to the road so I woke up the next morning and said I can't cope with this so the next morning, um, I went looking for a place, and I come across this lovely Mary lady up at the church um, grounds, and she said, "Well, look, there's an empty tent here." So um, she said, "Come and you know you're welcome." So we moved all our stuff up there, and um, we actually left our other tent down. And so we joked that, "Oh well, um, we'll have our batch down there in our home." <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's what that was. And do you and, do you yes, camp
0: like that often, or was that again a new experience to you?
1: That was a new. No, I prefer a few more comforts. <laughs> so, um, yeah, did that was you a feel new, I, did you
0: did you feel safe at night, closing your eyes in a tent? Oh,
1: always, always. They were just that was the thing the whole time. They had security. There was, they would always um. No violence. It was there was security. It was the safest place to 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 be. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I do know that there were people that were infiltrated later on, um, and I had I can tell you a story about that with the police coming and sneaking in. But um, I'd love yeah, to it was voice. safe.
0: So I've got you there. I've got you pitched. I can picture it. Yeah. Then what happened?
1: Um so um where are we at? Um so yeah, we'd moved up and up to, to the church and so we just joined in on, on any speeches or um I think um, we did a bit of a walk along the the um, around Wellington sometimes and helped out when we could. Um, we tried there was church services up in the another area I'm not sure what that building used to be um, and we tried to join in on that um, and yeah it was there was one time that we had um there was supposed to be a, a meeting organized for singing the national anthem and so we joined in on that that was that was lovely um, I was trying to organize another bigger one the next day, but it was hard to get people together and organised. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. And um, then it wasn't. And to, yes, that was the thing. There was an, an announcement made um, the night before, and we, whether I didn't hear it properly, but I sort of took that something, they, they heard something was happening. Um, and didn't really know what, but within the next 24, 48 hours, um, Val and I sort of thought, oh, we're going to miss it. We've got to go home tomorrow. So we never realising that we were going to wake up to a war zone the next morning. Um, Actually, I should have seen, I've got a bit of a video that Val took of what it was like, and but it was just horrific. Um, helicopters above screaming, yelling. Um, I Val and I both well, I woke up first because to all of the noise and woke up Val and I sort of something's happening, something's you know. And I put my coat on, I was still in my pajamas, I had, had yoga pants and, and that for um pajamas and you know I put my shoes on and thought well I'll go to the loo and Val was sensible and got dressed. (laughs) Um but by the time I got back the police were already coming down and they were screaming and yelling and and next thing it was get in the gate, get in the gate everybody was panicking and get in the gate, get in the gate and you know, to try and get safe because the police were just barging their way down. Um, and what was get in the gate, in the gate And then what i can get back to my stuff. And just, just um, explain
0: to me, explain to me what get in the gate meant.
1: Inside the the grounds to to stay protected because you know we were. Um,
0: inside Parliament grounds.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Because and, and, we were camped, and my my it. tent was on the the church grounds on on. on and the police were coming down Hill Street. I later found out they were coming in down from all directions. So, um, and some of the people had put up, um, holding up some, holding up some big um, um, wooden sort of barricade shields to protect them, and the police were just coming down sort of bashing and pushing them about and so the only safe place was inside the the parliament grounds where you know uh, away from the police um so yeah that's where everybody jumped inside the gate um yeah and then then we were oh um stood around for a while I think in shock um I was still quite upset and the police were still filing in at the stage and and I had gone to tell the police this is not on this is, you can't do this get out, you know, sort of type thing so there's there's, there's a video of me telling the policeman off <laughs> um, and Is
0: that, is that uh, the one is that the one that's in Fire and Fury?
1: No, no. I'll okay. send it to you. It's um, the one in Fire and Fury. Is is just um, later on? I'm not sure at what point in the morning is the 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 reporters. There was a photographer. I would come across a group of people that was showing the photographer away. That's all he was doing. That everyone was showing him away because they just tell lies. And so I joined in and in it all I'm doing is saying leave. I'm pointing leave. Leave. You need to leave. And so I struggled to see how that can be portrayed as being violent.
0: Well they did a good uh, job on that, didn't they? Because <laughs> they did. Uh, you 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 were in the parliament grounds, the journalists had joined the group to film them and whatever. And you were saying I can't leave. Leave. Just leave. That's all I said. Yeah. And that was filmed, and we'll come back to that. And Mm. that's in the context of the police. This is the day the police attacked and removed the village.
1: Mm. Yes. Yeah. But the police were there even beforehand.
0: I'll come to that. that. Hold that thought. I just want to get this bit first. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no. We've got plenty of time. Mm -hmm. So. You were aware that the village was one thing, this beautiful, wonderful thing. You'd see the news or read the newspaper or listen to the radio, and it was painted the complete opposite.
1: Oh, yes, yes. Now, I saw that firsthand several times, actually. Give Um, me an example. Right, okay. So one of the protests, now I'm not... Sure, which protest? One of the ones where we walked from Civic Square to uh, Parliament. On that one, um, on the way home, we got caught in a traffic jam because heartbreaking, but there was a, a massive accident and, and some um, people got um, killed. Um, tragic. Um, so we were caught in this traffic jam that was several hours, and most of the people went back to to uh, a pub. Um, sorry, I'm not familiar with North Island towns. Um, originally, I'm from Invercargill. So, um, so but anyway, so we all piled into to this pub and sitting waiting for the road to clear. And next thing, the news came on. And so you can imagine it was quite an incredible atmosphere, but the, the news came on and what they were saying in the news to what all of these people had just experienced was um, totally, totally different.
0: It was just,
1: yeah. So that What were was they quite saying? It.
0: What was they saying that was different?
1: Oh, just the amount of people um, that were there was, was um, yeah, not accurate. And, just the way they twisted things to what we were wanting and and how we were supposedly violent towards um, people standing on the side of the road, whereas they were often violent, abusing us, you know, heckling us, whereas we were just peacefully walking down the main street. Mm. So... Um, Yeah, I I just couldn't believe that one. Um, Yeah, just just the way they – and, yeah, you saw they're always twisting
0: the – And, of uh, course, by this time we were well aware mm. that the entire apparatus of what I call the legacy media was given over and trumpeting the need for everyone to get jabbed,
1: that lockdowns
0: were the greatest thing, St. Yes. Jacinda had saved all these lives, and anyone, anyone who questioned mm. it mm. was a conspiracy theorist, an idiot, a dangerous loon, or a Nazi, or all yeah. of the above. We were yeah. genicized.
1: Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. So
0: we had, we came out of that, surprisingly, with a very low opinion of journalists and journalism. D-
1: yes, yeah.
0: So mm-hmm. that's that's the background, and so when these this photographer was in the group taking pictures, hmm. he said, get out, leave. I told him
1: to leave. I didn't want him to be spreading lies about, about us. I was defending my tribe. Um, but even the, like the day before, or oh, was it, no, the week before, I think we'd just arrived, and they put in these toilets, which was which was amazing. Well, on the news, it said that 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 it was um, sewage was going down the street or whatever, and just some of the stuff was. So I was protecting, I was protecting my tribe.
0: Yes, it was very hurtful when it was done. Yes, everything was done so well, and then you were painted as yeah. kids, kids being and playing in sewage and all yes. the rest of it. Now. You said that you saw some things of the police infiltrating.
1: Yes, oh no, that was so. The, I think it was the night before or a couple of nights before. Um, I remember um, going to charge my phone. They had this great big, ah, uh, trestle table, and and you could just go and plug in your phone. There would be a hundred other phones there as well. It was kind of, it was quite amazing. And once again, you could just plug it in and go off and leave it, and, and it would still be there. Um, but next to it was this coffee station, and then further on was the, the food court. So anyway, I was standing waiting for a coffee, and there was this guy next to me, and I just picked up these bad vibes from him, and, and he just he just didn't fit, and and I sort of looked at him a couple of times. Um, sort of a quite a young guy; he almost looked too clean for a start, because um, and um, so. He got served and then I said to, I made a comment to the guy behind the, the coffee thing and I said, what was that all about? And he said, he's a cop. And I, really? How would, how do you know that? He's a cop. So I then went and sat down and, you know, had my coffee and the guy from behind the counter, he came come out and um, he said, uh, I said, how can you tell? And he said, come with me. And he so we went over to this guy who was you know 100 yards away or whatever and and, and he, he he said he said you're a cop aren't you the guy was so overreactive um it was just you know it was laughable you know and I and I just sort of well if if somebody else had asked me if you're a cop I'd look at you and I wouldn't have reacted like that I would. What? He
0: reacted yeah. like you'd expect a cop to react if he'd been caught out.
1: Yes, he—he he was a young guy, but um, and so I got to talking, and and I said to, you know, we left that guy because he sort of took off, and um, I said, to, and he said, "Oh, there's another one over there," and I said, "You're kidding me." So I then went and spoke to the security and I said, look, I've just been told there's a couple of cops in here. And he says, yeah, they're, they're coming in all of the time. Um, so I think they were just checking things out and counting up numbers or whatever, I don't know. But I was shocked. Yeah.
0: Uh, and it's, it's our naivety because, of course, they you would do that, wouldn't you? You'd infiltrate the movement with
1: yeah, officers
0: yeah. to find out what you're up against. It was a very yeah. sophisticated police operation that day.
1: Oh, definitely. Yes. But the te- next day. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. So up until that point, over the whole over the whole experience of the protest, was that your some experience with journalists, reading it, watching it, hearing it, and then telling that photographer to leave?
1: Um, yes. Yes, um, so yeah, the, when I saw that journalist, I can't remember if, the, if that was, sorry, the photographer, I can't remember if that was before or after the interview with Paula. When I first met um, Paula, I actually didn't see her first, I saw Val, Val and I had been separated, I was holding the line for, a, I don't know how long it was, in a couple of, an hour, a couple of hours. Um But once you got buried in the line and, you know, I'm not a big person, um, it, you know, I started to get a bit claustrophobic and, you know, I remember this guy turning back and looking at me and said, are you okay? And I remember being quite emotional and thinking, I'm standing on the right side of history, that's all that matters. And, yeah, I'm okay, but I think... You know, um, as as the line deepened, you got closer and closer to the the people, uh, the police, and you got sort of buried, um, and they were all towering above me. And and in the end, I thought, oh, I, I can't, I've got to get out. Um, so I did. So I went looking for Val, and she must have not long done the interview because she was talking to. Paula and whatever. So, but I saw Val first and I was Val! Ah, oh, oh, finally I found you. All excited. And then, oh, what's the cameras? What's going on? Um, so, yeah, I saw that. And it was from there Paula asked to do an interview. And
0: so, this is now just for listeners, you're on Radley Check Radio, Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. We're talking to Ali Evans. Mm-hmm a nana from Taronga, made famous by the Fire and Fury documentary that painted her to be a, a, probably a lovely lady who's been seriously misled by doing her own research by um, terrible people, and <clears throat> as a consequence, had become violent. And they proved her violence by showing a clip, uh, which we'll get to. So at this stage... Uh, and Paula Penfold is the reporter, very senior reporter, who did that documentary. So you saw Paula. She had a camera. And mm. you realised that she had, once you got over the joy of seeing your friend Val, you realised that Val had been interviewed by Paula. And then what happened?
1: Um, Paula wanted to do an interview with me. And I originally told her, no, you call mainstream media. No, not doing it. Um, and she kept asking and saying, "Look, we want to hear your side of the story." Um, so, and I Val had already done an interview, and I thought, "Oh, okay. Well, if you if, if you want to hear why we're here, and of course that was for the vaccine injured, and the, the want of the mandates lifted, etc., but mainly the vaccine injured, um, and." So I did the interview, and and actually I don't don't remember I was exactly word for word, but I do remember her asking me. Um, now some people here want Jacinda hung. Are you one of those ones? Jesus. And I remember telling her, no. Um, I want anybody to be held accountable for. For I think there's people on on both sides. Whoever's done wrong needs to be held accountable um but you know i wasn't wanting but so i actually remember telling her no to that um and i can't remember what other things she asked um so yeah and then of course we got separated i think she watched us um we were stuck on the side of the fence, looking at our gear because our our gear was camped on, parked on the other side of Hill Street by the church, and the police wouldn't let us get our stuff. Um, so I took a video of watching the police st- um, trash our stuff. That was quite emotional, um, and eventually gave up on that and and. Um, yeah, I think I don't know what we did after that. we sort of wandered around in shock, I think, um so you did this uh,
0: interview with Paula Penfold, yeah and, and did that air ahead of the documentary or did it not appear? No no
1: nothing, nothing appeared until um documentary the documentary, yeah, no, we didn't see didn't see any of that. Um, you can tell the difference because there, I hadn't done the hair, um, so there's two different clips, there's one I did not and I was in the coat and jammy, um, um yeah <laughs> and the other one I actually, yeah so there, there, you can see in the video there's, there's two different time frames I suppose yeah.
0: Yeah. So then you um, walk around in shock having lost all your gear to the police and mm you head home?
1: Um, the, we stayed there all that day. Um, I think at one stage I remember sitting on a park bench um, looking up the parliament from one ear, area seeing the police literally beating up people in another area and then looking over and seeing the police just loading everything all our gear, into the truck and just I couldn't comprehend it all and I just remember sitting there bawling my eyes out and actually that was where um, Chantel came along and there's a video of me somewhere with me bawling my eyes out. I think Val joined me at that stage. We were just bawling our eyes out because we just couldn't comprehend what was happening. Um, And then the police moved forward closer and at some point and, um, yeah. Um, I think we clambered over some fence um and and then I tried to help people that were that were standing on the front line they got pepper sprayed and milk there was one guy he had been pulled out of a tree or something so he um I think I tried going finding a medic um for for that um yeah and
0: and, of course, you were a trained nurse originally, so you knew. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So I, it's a long time since I've worked in, in a hospital. I never worked in an ER or anything like that. We were just, yeah, so a whole nother level. But, you know, I just could see people being hurt and, and in shock and, so most of us wandered around in, in a daze trying to, but the police were slowly closing in and, and, and you know, so we were slowly moving back. And um, and then I think I tried to help um, the people who were packing up, at, you know, trying to retrieve stuff, but it, it was chaos. It was absolute chaos. And we were still there when the fires um, got lit, and that's another one, I reckon, that, that
0: was a plant. Um, well, you don't bring your own gear.
1: Oh yeah, no. But I've seen a video where um, the, the people were caught um, masked up. No, no protesters were masked. We just no. didn't wear them. And there was a guy there where he had a kerosene, you know, a petrol can, and and he was all covered up. And he went into a tent, and then soon after it was it was a blaze. Well, come on. Um, but that all got labelled, you know, conspiracy and all of that. But, no, things like that. Um, it was just crazy. And and, and towards the end, yeah, the, I, I did see people that were being violent. But I think the police incited violence. But I think there were people that were planted in there. Uh, to look violent so that they could then um, say, oh, you see, there are violence in there. Whereas all of the people, the whole time, before and after, even on the day, I've got a video where there's a loudspeaker and I know the guy, He was his name is Guy, actually, and he was, no violence, no violence, you know, hold your line, hold the line, no violence, the whole time. And that's what we all did. So anybody that did try to be violent were told off. Um, but when when the police are eye-gouging and pepper-spraying and beating you up, um, you've got to defend yourself. So, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so by the end of the day, we, um, oh, but... Five o'clock or something. We we my car was parked in a car park nearby, so I went back to the car and then I had car trouble and I got a key broken the ignition and oh And we thought oh, was too late to go home. We couldn't you know go back to Taroma. So we found a, a hotel that would take us <laughs> because we were not vaccinated um, and, and we stayed the night um, and, and then left the next day. So, oh, but then the next day we went back just to see the place and once again, the police were still aggressive um, and, yeah, we just, yeah, and then went home. So, yeah, incredible. I will never forget that day.
0: No. No. And you were there.
1: Yeah, I was. Proud I'm not on the right side of history, though, but shocked that that this is that what we've
0: come to. And then yeah. you get home, and on Facebook, Paula Pinfold reaches out to you. And I've seen these, I have seen these messengers. Yes. She couldn't be sweeter to you.
1: Oh, I know. Yeah, asking how we were, how I was, and did I get home safe? Um, Did you make it back to the bay? Um, Yeah, glad you both got back safely. I can imagine you must be completely exhausted. Make sure to take it easy. Um, and then I said, "We'll do. Thanks." Um, Hi, Ellie. How are you doing now? Just checking in with people we met at the protest to see how you're feeling about everything now. We'd like to really like to come to the bay to do a follow up chat with you and ask about how you felt about what you felt the protest achieved, and whether your concerns remain. I'd love to come and do that next week if possible.
0: Knowing what comes next, that's a level of duplicity that you can't quite believe. Mm. Yeah. Because the whole thing, and I'm running ahead for listeners, but just to give it context, she had one purpose in interviewing you, was to put you in the documentary and make Mm. you a perpetrator of violence. And this concern for you, which comes across as humane and caring, is entirely a device to have you drop your guard Yeah. as a citizen, unaware of how journalists operate, drop your guard and allow her into your home to film you where once mm. she gets the camera running, she can put extreme allegations to you and get your horrified response. Yeah.
1: Mm. Yeah, exactly. So when you look
0: at those messages messages with the benefit of hindsight, what do you think of those messages?
1: Um. <laughs> I couldn't believe that I could be so naive to believe that she really, um, yeah, that she really wasn't. I don't know. I just, just couldn't believe that. I really did believe that she was going to at least try and put our side. Um, but then I was hesitant, and I, I think I even said, um. Yeah, because I'm I'm really not used to being in the limelight. I, I prefer to, you know. I said I said to her, "Hi Paula, I'll have a talk with Val, but the ones you really deserve an interview are the vaccine injured." So and I even told her they are meeting today in Wellington, and sent her the link to that. I said they are the ones that you need to go and see. So at that stage, I think I was still humming and hawing, and I think at one stage I'd said to her. Um, no, look, you really need to be interviewing them, not me. Um, So, and it was, I'd been told that she'd done an interview. um, She'd done a documentary about the Gardasil and there it was supposedly on the, the vaccine injured side. So I thought, okay, I've got to do this because, you know, she may that stage I still thought she was perhaps going to do both sides Um, but yeah I do hope you go to meet them the vaccine injured are the, the one of the many reasons we went down to Wellington so and then once again I when I'm looking back I realized that she didn't really acknowledge those you know thanks Ellie that's that's the kind of oh no really here. That's the kind of thing I'm keen to hear. What worry what most worries you? Let me know when you've had a chat to uh, to Val and hopefully we can come up with a plan to, to come and visit. So there she's not saying no. She's yeah, so she's just yeah, playing a game.
0: Playing a game. So you agreed to the interview. Did she come to your house?
1: Um, I met at Val's place. So, we yeah, we both, at, I went to Val's. House.
0: Yeah. And so and she, she's got a cameraman in tow?
1: Yes. And even even while they were setting up the camera, we, Louisa and uh, Paula, we all sat down and had a coffee. Um, nice as pie, friendly, just.
0: So you had a cup of coffee with Louisa, which is Louisa Cleave. And Paula Penfold at Val's house, yes, yes, and it was all uh, friendly as pie.
1: Oh, it was, yes.
0: And, um, and what was Louisa Cleve's role there?
1: Um, I think she was labeled herself the producer. Um, so and was there
0: a camera person there as well? Yes, yes,
1: yeah, they I'll were busy, them. yeah, they sitting were up. busy setting up. There might have been two cameramen, I, I can't remember. Okay. Oh no! Yeah, I'm not
0: sure at all. While you were sitting there drinking your beverages, what did you discuss? Do you recall?
1: Um, basically more information. We were still, you
0: know, which they would
1: label misinformation. Um, we were still just, yeah, same old, um, trying to. Yeah, pleasant trees. Um, we even, I think we even, I, Belle even gave them more information to use. I think, yeah, uh, and, and, and so
0: they feigned an interest in this information. Yes, yes, very friendly, very
1: friendly. So it wasn't until halfway through the interview, because, you know, you could expect the to be very formal and, you know, asking questions. So, you know, once the camera's on, it's all, you know. So I could understand that. But it was when they then pull out an iPad and, and in it I'm supposedly being very violent because I'm telling a reporter to leave um there was a group of reporters, it wasn't me on my own, I'm sorry, a group of people. Um, and so and from that she then are you always this violent? And she kept asking me for oh I don't know how many times but it was several um, are you always this violent? Um, and kept re asking, implying that I was violent. There was somebody in it. Um, um, saying somebody should be hung. I'm not sure who it was. But um, I said, well, I didn't hear that. And no, I wasn't violent.
0: You were were totally in the interview in the documentary. You were totally in the interview on the documentary that the bit they played, you were totally rattled by this question.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, because... I was quite surprised. I don't actually even really remember me joining that group, but we were—I was helping wherever I could. Um, and it so, was that great
0: line about when did you stop beating your wife, or have you stopped beating your wife? I mean, it was so perplexing to you when they say are you always this violent? Because you're confused because you think I've never been violent, right?
1: No, no. I I just – but that wasn't violent. No, 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 I agree.
0: You're you're telling me – you're asking these people to leave.
1: Yes, because I felt they were spreading lies and I needed to protect my tribe. Um, And so, yeah. But she kept re-asking. And and so in the end, I – told her, if you come into my home spreading lies, I'll tell you to leave. That's not violent. No. And she didn't ask again after that, so I noticed they didn't put
0: that, one, that bit in the video, though. So So then uh, they packed all their gear up?
1: Well, that was the thing. That then I can't remember what was next, but anything else, we also, she wanted to know where we got our information from. I can't remember at what point that was that was asked and anything that i did mention you know peter kennedy peter mcculloch uh, matt sheldon all of those were dismissed i mentioned there was a recent court case that was dismissed um any information they just labeled us Um, and then it it finished soon after and i thought hang on we haven't Talked about the vaccine injured. But it was all happening and it was all over. And, and I was re- really just upset. Um, so I'll have a drink now. Oh. Mm. Just Are upset we- that they could do that to us and to the vaccine injured.
0: It was- and of course, they had been invited into Valerie's home for a specific purpose which was to discuss the vaccine injured and instead they come across as aggressive and accusing you of being a violent person.
1: Um. Yeah, from there, I just couldn't believe that how they had twisted. They wanted to, supposedly wanted to hear what we had to say and yet next thing they were accusing me of being violent. I, I just couldn't get my head around it. Um, and, yeah, and then, you know, the the interview finished and, um, and I was... Hang on a minute, you haven't talked about the vaccine injuries. I I just, yeah, and I felt upset because I felt like I'd let my tribe down. Um,
0: Was it a bit awkward while that? Were they still, did they keep up the facade of being polite and caring as they packed up, or did it just become.
1: They did with Val, but with me. There was, yeah, no, because I just looked at them
0: and, yeah, I just, <laughs> yeah. I, said, so I they, think they knew. They, they knew what you thought of them and they said, yeah. okay. Mm, but yeah. they had got what they'd come for. Yeah, they had, yes. And what, in your view, in hindsight, had they come for?
1: Um, To paint me in a bad light, to to yeah they had I thought they'd come to show our side uh, I presume as well as their side but balanced but they had just come to paint us in a bad light to use um and I think they must have thought it was Christmas when they had this found that they had a clip of me on the video as well as the interview um you know
0: I bet they thought they had all their Christmases uh, come at once with the clip in the interview. Of course, none of it was especially damning, but Mm. you felt that they had got you in a gotcha moment.
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, I was in shock um, because realizing that I've been stitched up and, and just upset realizing hang on, we hadn't talked about the vaccine injured. Um yeah, so
0: and they just um, Louisa, Paula Penfold, the two cameramen, they just packed up their things and said goodbye.
1: Um yes, they were a bit more friendly to Val. Um but um Yeah, I think because I was just staring at them thinking, how could you, how do you? Um, Yeah, and and whether they were feeling guilty because they knew they'd lied to me or, or, or to us or whatever, I don't know. But I did notice the difference in their body language and my body language between... Um from the start to the finish, and more so with me compared to Val. Um, so aware of that was partly because of my, yeah, the way I was feeling, I just was staring at them. How could you do this?
0: Did they you know, accuse like Val, had they accused Val of being violent?
1: No. no, well, that's
0: a big difference, right?
1: yes so i think that was the thing and and, and i must admit lovely. i look at
0: you i look at you and i can't imagine <laughs> coming to any conclusion and i can't imagine how you meet let's say angry even you were angry on that day the whole village was being ripped aside an angry woman saying leave leave yeah Go or whatever. That's not violent. You never touched anyone. You never threatened no. anyone. You just told them to leave. That's not violent.
1: No, and that's it, and I told them that's not violent.
0: They had um, no evidence of you being violent.
1: No, no. So I, I'm now I'm certainly upset. Yeah, but not. Oh violent.
0: God, I'd be upset. It's a bit like um, the cameras rolling, the lights are on you, and they say, well. <clears throat> Rodney, you don't strike me as a person who torture cats. And you just get angry, right? Because, like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But they've got you. Mm. Anyway, Mm. what did anything happen after that? Did you hear from them again?
1: No, no, not not for ages. We got a bit of a warning um, just before that was about to be released. I had tried to contact a few people um, just to let them know that this is coming and I I don't think it's going to play well because we got stitched up. Um, And, um, yeah, they basically said, well, look, there's nothing we can do. We don't know what we're dealing with. Wait till it comes out. Um, So we got a warning. And then the minute we got a warning, I contacted um, you know, Chantelle and Leighton, and um,
0: that Chantelle Baker, Ray. her dad, yeah. her dad, Leighton, yeah, to tell them, yeah,
1: yeah. just to warn them. Um, yeah. and I think, um, Hannah from Carnispin and yeah. Sue Gray, um,
0: yeah,
1: and so we were in when that came out it's just oh my gosh couldn't believe it and but then I when I realized how much they attacked everyone else I thought well you know what am I complaining about um you know and and I I sort of joked that well you know we're so far and most people would have gone to sleep so
0: yeah you are (laughs) a long way in I had to I had to go forward not because I I'd fall asleep, but because it was just so, Locked. because I'd been to the village, because I am an anti-lockdown, an anti-mandator, mm. so I'm totally outside the uh, world view,
1: yeah.
0: I couldn't sit through it because it was yeah. just unadulterated bilge.
1: Oh, yes, yes. It's so, interesting.
0: Yeah. It's interesting because from what I saw of it, it's this thesis about you and indeed the uh, protest. It was all about misinformation mm. yes. that you were you were a lovely person sort of thing, as I understood it. Is this a fair summary of what they portrayed? But you had done your own research, gone online, yes. and started following oh, my goodness, spin. Yes. Voices for Freedom.
1: Yeah, I've been misled uh, and, yeah.
0: Misled. And then mm-hmm. they had you, for the evidence of your violence, they yes. had this clip they played over and over, which they showed you. I guarantee you'd forgotten about that incident even, publicly.
1: I didn't actually know that because it was a
0: blur. Just outside. a moment. And yes. so you're saying, leave, leave to this journalist. Yes. That became the smoking gun of their violence, which they showed over and over again for emphasis, and then they commented on your violence and the violence of the protest. Mm. Then they had you looking rattled like a possum caught in the headlights. Yes. And Paula asking, oh, but, you know, are you a violent person? What led you to this violence? And you go, oh, I don't know about violence. And, of course, they caught you in that moment. Yeah. Looking Mm. exactly like a person who was a Mooney or programmed to be
1: violent. Yes, but for them to keep asking me um, why am I so violent and keep implying that, I think it was because I was not giving her the answer. No. No. that she wanted, and and then once I told her, you know, that comment um, at the end, if you come into my home spreading lies, I'll tell you to leave, um, she didn't ask again. So, yeah, but when you see that video clip that actually we haven't talked about yet, it shows her agenda, it exposed, because she's quite, I cannot believe how open and honest it. she tells us, um, their agenda and how they would. I'm sorry. What clip is violence. this? What
0: what clip are we talking about, Ellie?
1: Um, the the link, like the big hair, she did an interview with um two journalists, big hearing news or something. Um, I sent her the the link, and in okay. it, she talks quite at length about um several people, Sean Plunkett, um and Chantel and various other people, but quite a bit about me and how misled I was and um, and um, but she was using to compare me to this other guy that there was this other guy that used to be a, a conspiracy theorist and I really wonder if he was. I wonder if he, he was just put in there. But anyway, that's beside the point. So that, that this person had seen the light but obviously I had gone down a rabbit hole and it was too far down and it was all Chantel Baker's vault and and counterspins. So that's the, the narrative they were yes. trying to you make.
0: were the innocent lovely yes The story was written before the interview.
1: Yes yes. so and what yeah, they needed you yeah. to
0: do was to act your part.
1: Yes, definitely, and to have somebody that here we can point at. So, yeah, and then in the interview she did with the, those two journalists, she admits, yes, there is a story to be helped, um, to be told, um, but not now. And I sort of feel like, well, why not now? Why couldn't she say then, um, then? You know, that was a year ago. So... Um, you know, and now now they're sort of um oh well it's all in the past now, let's let it go. Well, you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So You've got
0: great sayings. Yeah. <laughs> you can't change what you don't acknowledge.
1: Well, I, how do we know it's not gonna happen again if they if we don't, you know.
0: I find it I'm pretty hard bitten because journalists have I'm a, I was a politician and so journalists tricked and did me over every which way, <clears throat> bar Sunday. Mm. And <clears throat> I used journalists to, you know, for political reasons, but never ever have citizens been treated by journalists so despicably. Wow. Because the journalists weren't reporting the news. Mm. They weren't going out and recording differing points of view and putting them together to explain their dispute. They went out with the government's official line. Yes. Lockdown saved lives. Vaccine safe and effective allows us to escape lockdown. Oh, look, kooky people. They had a problem because these kooky people were very reasonable people. Yeah. So they had to explain that these very reasonable people have been misinformed and misled by dark forces. Yeah. on their own grift, like Chantelle Baker and mm. Is that That's the story, right, to explain it all?
1: Yes, definitely. What, yes.
0: what would you say to Paula Penfold now if you had the opportunity? Because she will listen to this.
1: Oh, will she? Um, why couldn't you have at least researched um, into the vaccine injured, at least you promised to hear our side or speak, you know, uh, what we wanted to. You, she could have at least researched. Um, the whole reason I did that interview was because I had been advised, well, she appeared with the, the Gardasil one she did, that, you know, she may give a, um, an unbiased, a balanced interview so clearly she had an agenda. Um and how can she sleep at night? Because a year on you would have seen the statistics. Mm. You know? Well the
0: government probably- itself now accepts that people died from the vaccine. Yeah. They accept yeah. that some people were injured. All we're arguing about are the numbers and the extent. Mm. But no journalist, to my knowledge, has done a story on even those that the government acknowledges happened.
1: Yeah. No, so they won't. And
0: and if someone has been injured and someone has died, how can you mandate and make everyone take it, particularly kids?
1: Exactly. And that's why I was, if we could have got the vaccine injured hood, it would have made such a difference. Um, and just to see those videos of of Casey and so you know I met a guy here in Teronga had had a um heart issues. Um oh there's so many, there's another lady, I've forgotten the name, lovely lady. There's so many people and I just how do they cope? How do they um,
0: cope?
1: Yeah. That's Tell just- many,
0: how often have you watched the clip of you and Paula Penfold? Have you watched it once and said never again, or have you watched it several times?
1: Um, I watched it probably a couple of times to just to digest at the start when it first came out. After that, I didn't watch it again. Mm. I didn't want to watch it. Um, And I was more angry at the interview that she did with those journalists. I'm sure she did several more because in it she admitted that she had an agenda and all that, and this isn't the story, you know. And and I thought that's proof of what they were doing.
0: Mm. What so, would you say to Kate Hannah, who was com- commenting in the show about you that you uh, had been um, gone mislead?
1: I just wonder how they all sleep at night because they've got to know something doesn't add up. How That's the funny sleep? thing, isn't it?
0: That yeah. is the funny thing.
1: They've got to know. There's no, even if you're trying to bury your head in the sand or you you've got to know, hang on, you know, and and you could understand, you know, various people took a while to cotton on from 2020. Um. And obviously some still haven't. Um, but you've got to think, hang on, something's not right.
0: There's an incredible degree of cognitive dissonance in the sense yes. that it's too enormous to admit that they're wrong. But if you're a journalist...
1: That's right, you've got You have to. no
0: yeah. dog in the race because you're sitting supposedly outside of the argument reporting mm. upon it mm. not taking a side and you'd have to say well I'd better go and talk to some of these families and some yes. of these injured yes they
1: won't. Yeah.
0: No. they're willfully blind yes the way that they were treated and they, yeah. they, they 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 may they may be able to interview them from a skeptical point of view and say look coincidence whatever but you'd still do it. You'd yes. still examine the other side, and of course, I'm. I'm always, and I'm sure you are too, wondering if you're wrong, particularly when you're in the minority and being abused. You think oh, I could yeah. be wrong about this, yeah. and so you try and understand their argument.
1: Yes, they are definitely.
0: Yeah, I, I try. I try my best, and I try and see it from their perspective. But they won't do the courtesy or the professional obligation of just looking at the other side.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah, at the start, yeah, I did wonder. But there was just too many things.
0: Yes. And Um, when they came to see you, it wasn't to get your side. It was to demolish you with trickery. Yes. In a documentary. Yeah. Well, Ali, you have helped us this morning enormously because you've taken us through why, why you were at the protest, how you said what you said, demonstrated to us that you're not a violent person, clearly, and yet that's how you were portrayed mm-hmm. in the national media For a documentary that's up for some award.
1: Oh, now that's the bit that really, (laughs) sorry, that is the bit that makes me really cross. When she's getting an award for what they've done and you think of how many people are suffering and she's getting an award. Mm. Sorry, that one just really, (laughs) I struggle with that one.
0: Ali, we thank you for your time. We thank you for your support for the vaccine injured. We thank you for going to the protest and standing up for each and every one of us and for children and our children's children because this will resonate down through history for sure. And we appreciate you taking us through that experience of being literally stitched up by award-winning TV journalist Who Mm. had the story before she met you? Yeah. And came to Val's house with her cameras, Mm. inviting herself there and your generosity, and not running anything that you said or wanted to say, other than your response to Mm. her question. What is it? Are you violent? Are you usually violent? What makes Mm. you violent? Yeah. Terrible stuff. That was Ali Evans, wonderful, wonderful woman, beautiful woman, actually, (laughs) Nana from Tauranga, standing up for all of us. And to think that's journalists. This isn't some journalist fresh out of school. This is a very senior, senior journalist who – supposedly sets a standard mm. so there you have it the standard in new zealand for journalism you're on real talk with rodney hyde send us a text 2057 email me at inbox at rallycheck.radio thank you for listening thank you for being here thank you for bearing was it testimony mm. allie's yeah. experience mm.
1: Thank you. And thank you, RCR, for, for what you're doing. It's nice to actually have somebody speaking the truth out in that. Yeah, thank you.
0: And we won't eat at you.
1: <laughs> that is so great. Yeah, thank you
0: for that one. <laughs>